Welcome, everybody, to the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. I am Leo, along with Cody, and this is our first episode of 2020. So, Happy New Year to everyone. If you're listening, thank you for coming back. Um, Should be an exciting year. We got some exciting things planned. Our first episode today is uh, featuring Dr. Nick Redbone, and we will be talking all things New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 14. Cody, you got anything to add? Uh, yeah, just excited about this this episode with Dr. Nick. I'm glad he got to come back on with us, and hopefully on the latter part, he gets to come back on again. So, Yeah, so we're planning on a recap for next week with him as well. So we're this this week we're talking kind of a preview and predictions and what we think is going to happen. And then next week we'll actually talk about what actually happened. Um, so that's the plan. Then after that we'll kind of play it by ear. Um, so, so far, Cody, you don't sound like shit. For our listeners, this is like our third time trying to record this intro. So that's good. Sounds okay so far. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Other than that, I mean, uh, it's 2020 now. You got any any big plans for 2020 wrestling-wise or anything you want to share with the listeners? Um, so, going to be hitting a devotion show here at the end of January. Uh, at least that's still the plan. Um, and then working out the logistics and everything for double or nothing too. hopefully Memorial day weekend again for AEW. And then I don't probably another devotion show here or there. And, uh, just reaching out to a few more people and trying to make 2020 a bigger year and get some more social media followers and, I don't want to name too many names, but uh, I know we've got some big ones that we want to get. So we'll just leave everybody in suspense, hopefully, and hopefully we deliver on some. Yeah, you're actually going to talk on some of these? I'm going to try. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, do so, you do a pretty good job. So, like, so a lot just, of the times, just so I everyone just knows, like, yeah, yeah. Um, for those that have listened to us interview people, uh, I feel bad at times because Cody doesn't say a lot and we talk afterwards like, dude, like, dude, you know, cause I feel bad about it, but he, he seems like he's fine with it. So I'm, I'm good with it. You, you seem to like have the better hosting skills. So, I mean, I'll, well, I, I am, a, there if... I am a better podcaster. I did win last, last show of 2019. So yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> bogus game whatever <laughs> so in other news um i will be at a future stars of wrestling at a uh, a show out of vegas on the fourth so stay tuned to our pages for more info there um follow dr nick redbone on all social media uh for those of you here in in southern idaho or you can even get the app on on like Google Play and the App Store now. You can listen to him um, in the mornings. He's got a show uh, on one hundred three one The Edge. So listen to him. He's he's a pretty entertaining guy outside of wrestling as well. So yeah, um, props to you, him and YouTube channel, which he drops all that stuff in the actual interview. But yeah, yeah he's it's pretty comical. It's been been really cool to get to know him over this process i mean obviously we've known of him for a lot of years even back when he did his own wrestling podcast and uh but we've uh we've been able to not only just through the podcast but through messaging and all all sorts of other things we've been able to stay in contact with him and he's been more than more than generous to us on just by plugging us and all that kind of stuff we've been pretty lucky with the people we've kind of collaborated with yeah Um, we have everybody's been real cool so 
Brandon and Kevin with the Brandon and Kevin show, uh, the guys down at Devotion with Manny and Andrew and Rekka and uh, all the boys down in Vegas, Wes Logan and all those guys. So I want to say thanks to them because they've helped us grow for sure. Yeah. So by the time you guys listen to this, we should be at about a thousand followers on Instagram. We've been, we've been pushing. Which is a pretty big fucking deal because like, when we went to like double or nothing in May, we were like at 26 followers. Mm-hmm. And like two of them were, one of them was myself and the other one was Cody. So like, yeah. Um, it's, it's been fun. Uh, we'll yeah. see what 2020 has in store for us. Um, and yeah, thanks. Thanks for sticking around. Hope you enjoy this show and stay tuned for what's to come. The following clip is from the band Art Brew, and it is called Unprofessional Wrestling. You can find the full track on Apple Music. Welcome to the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Cody and Leo. Welcome, everybody, to the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. I am Leo, joined by Cody, and today is our first episode of the year 2020. It is a Wrestle Kingdom preview episode, and we thought it would only be right to have, um, I guess, the, the master of the new Japan, the strong style that that we think, anyways, the CM Punk of radio himself, Doctor Nick Redbone, back on. Thanks so, for having me. Welcome, Doctor Nick. How you doing? It's a pleasure to be on. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. And uh, I like to think of my. I, I'm like this. I like to do strong style broadcasting. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I know you have to tone down a little bit sometimes for like you know FCC and all that type yeah. of stuff. But not, but not for wrestling podcasters. For you guys, I, you know, I'll, I'll drop an f bomb when, when necessary. Nice, nice. So um, <clears throat> we're gonna touch kind of. It's it's a big. It feels bigger than than past Wrestle Kingdoms, in my opinion. For sure. I mean, uh, it, nothing else. I mean, it's a it's a big gamble. It's two nights in the Tokyo Dome. That that's a lot of seats to try to fill for especially yeah. two nights. Yeah, but. What I like about it is like the big matches, which we will get into, they have that big match feel like it's exciting. You know what I mean? And and the build to it has been, um, from what I've seen, uh, I think pretty stellar. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's, that's the thing. Um, you know, this is, this is the, the Japanese version of WrestleMania and they build to this all year. The new Japan calendar if you look at it, it really starts to heat up when the G1 starts in July and August, and that all starts to build, and it just goes from there all the way to Wrestle Kingdom. And then, not only do they reset, you know, all of their storylines, you know, because they blow everything off at Wrestle Kingdom, but they also sometimes see a reset of talent because their contracts go from January to January. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, like I thought, um, just just back a little bit i thought wrestle kingdom 12 i think the hype towards that was was really big and not that there was anything wrong with wrestle kingdom 13 but it just didn't feel the same agree and now and now i'm back to this wrestle kingdom 14 like you said the two nights but even if it was just one night like the card is pretty stacked yeah it's huge and and the, the cool thing about wrestle kingdom and i mean i i've been pretty open in my my bias towards the the japanese ring style um this is this is the best wrestlers in the entire world on the biggest stage that they get all year you know when you get a guy you know like didn't they wasn't uh, jbl used to call john cena big match john well yeah. when, when you have big match okada on the biggest stage in the world and he has a potential to main event two nights in a row I mean, you know it's going to be something absolutely spectacular. Because in my opinion, he's the best <coughs> in the world. Yeah, I, I think he's shown that. Um, 
yeah so um it, a lot of a lot of stuff going on with it um we're not gonna touch on it all like uh we talked before we came on air a lot of a lot of big tag matches like eight man tags and stuff like that that we're probably not going to touch on but there are some and i have questions about it i haven't uh done a google search on it just because i wanted to get firsthand take from from dr nick on some stuff which we're going to ask while we're on air but i guess we could start it off with night one um jushin thunder liger uh, this is his this is it you know he'll wrestle night one night two and then he's done Right. Yeah, that's it. He's got he has two nights um, and on on both nights and they're even using a lot of his images and a lot of old matches of his as promotional material leading into the show. I mean, it, look, man, I've been a wrestling fan since I was six years old, seven years old. And I was watching Juice and Liger wrestle when I was 14 and 15. You know, I'm 46 years old now. So. He's been a huge part of not just Japanese pro wrestling, but if you look at the look at the way juniors wrestle today, look at the smaller guys today. If it wasn't for Jushin Liger kind of blowing open the doors for the smaller guys, you know, we might still be living in the land of giants. He's he didn't he didn't make all of the small guys, you know, he he didn't do it by himself, but I don't know that there would be a Ring of Honor style or an American indie style without Jushin Liger. I mean, just hugely influential. Yeah. And, you know, like you mentioned, as old as he is, as, as around the world as he's been and, and everything, um, I think it's very impressive, like, the um, how fit he is at this age and the type of matches he's still putting on. Yeah, he can still go. We watched, you know, he, he and, and Minoru Suzuki a couple months back, a couple of... 50-year-old men beat the absolute shit out of each other. And yeah. we're still able to go. It, I thought yeah. I think I think Liger did a great job in that feud storytelling. I think he did it great physically and you know promo-wise. And um, and it really did kind of set the stage for him to to wrap it up. And 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 the whole world of wrestling is watching this living legend hang it up. So I and the cool thing is he's done. Um, you know, he's gone out of his way to pull names from his past to come into the matches with him. This, like on night one, Liger, Tatsumi Fujinami, who was sort of, you know, he was the, he was the Liger before Liger came in. He was a big um, New Japan junior name. Uh, then the great Suzuki, who he's wrestled a million times. And then Tiger Mask and El Samurai will be there. And he used to be tagged with Liger. Uh, on, on the other side, some of his famous um, uh, rivals, yeah. Enemies. Yes, rivals, Sano and Otani and Takaiwa and, and Takaguchi. Just so cool. So cool. It, it, very much a retro kind of um, remember when kind of match. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, Liger's definitely uh, getting the, the red carpet treatment on the way out, which is well-deserved <clears> for sure. No question. You No question. And then if you look at... I mean, we can jump ahead onto the second night match that he's going to do, um, and that should be his final match. He and uh, Sano versus Ryu Lee and Takahashi. Um, you know, having him in the in the ring with it really feels like a passing of the torch. In my mind, in a mm. perfect world, uh, Hiromu Takahashi pins Jushin Liger on the way out. Yeah, and I and I would bet if 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 I was the Booker. That's what I would do, and I would bet that's what they're planning. That's my prediction for that second match. Yeah. No, well, I, you know, and it's something that it's not out of the question. Like, if this was WWE booking and it's a Legends last match, mm-hmm. most, you know, I'd say 95% of the time, they're going to go over. But yeah. New Japan, I think they look ahead towards that. Like, okay, well, you're on your way out. You're still going to get this celebration. Like, let's give this guy the rub. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I've always thought... I've always thought that that makes the most sense in in the business where the, the last five years of a great's career should be dedicated to putting, you know, the next generation over. I, and it's, that really is a very old school kind of mentality. I've always thought that your last match, you should go out looking up, looking at the at the ceiling. You know what I mean? You should you should drop the the, the, the that last win. You should always end your career with the loss, putting over somebody who has a career ahead of them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Perfect sense. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be huge. Um, we jump up to I go back to night one. We have yeah. Gorillas of Destiny against Finn Juice, David yeah, Finley, this, and Juice Robinson. This for one. The IWGP Tag Team Championship. Yeah. This one, that the, the, New Japan tag scene, unfortunately, is like two tag teams as far as the heavyweights go. It's been it's been the Girls of Destiny, Tonga and Tama, and uh, and Evil and Sonata, and those two teams you could they can only wrestle each other so many times. So when I saw Juice and uh, and David Finley win the the tag cup, I thought okay, or the tag league, I thought okay, well this is their now they're introducing a third tag team in because if you watch. They've been teasing splitting Sonata and Evil for months now. They they want to yeah. pull the trigger on that feud so bad, but to do that, they have to get another tag team active. But right. I, I would bet you that Finn and uh, and and Finley, uh, or excuse me, Juice and Finley win this one. I bet they 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 win the straps. Okay, so ramifications then because skipping a little bit, but on the second night. It's the winner of the Lance Archer and John Moxley match against Juice Robinson for the United States Championship. Right. I don't think Juice wins that one. Juice has already held the strap, but it would be it, it's sort of a fun because if you look at the main event of night two, it's going to crown a double champion. You're going to get an Intercontinental and uh, IWGP heavyweight champion. So it gives them a little, you know, halfway through the card. Hey, look, we might have a a second double champion. You know, somebody have, holding tag straps and the United States title. Yeah, yeah, that make, that makes sense. I just thought I haven't followed it as close. I did see some of those tag matches, and I thought they had good chemistry. They really um, do. <clears throat> but Juice, if they pull the trigger on that, then it's almost kind of saying, "Well, he's probably not going to win the U.S. Championship." That yeah, that that's it. I and I, I don't think he was going to anyway. It, in my <clears throat> well, w- when we get to that match, we can get to that match. But I think for now, uh, Juice and Finley are going to be. They're going to be that third rotating tag team, and they'll hold the title now, and that'll give them a chance to give the G.O.D. guys a break, let them go wrestle some single stuff, and start to assemble some more tag teams. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts on that, Cody? Yeah. I I mean, I hate to see G.O.D. lose them because, obviously, I'm a big fan of both of them. But, like, at this point, at this point, yeah, like Dr. Nick said, I mean – they they want to pull the the trigger on that evil Sonata feud. I want to see it personally. Like I think Sonata's like got huge upside as a single star. Agreed. Those matches with Okada were. Yep. I mean, they just need to pull the trigger on him, you know. And um, they telegraphed Sonata being big when Sonata lost that last singles match to Okada, mm-hmm. and, and he was crying on the way out of the ring. Okada. When he took his big shot at Tanahashi and lost, he cried on the way out. So that was a foreshadowing thing. Sonata, they're about to put the rocket pack on him. I mean, they're they're going to launch him to the moon. They just need to free up the tag situation to let it happen. Right. And the perfect way to start building him towards a big singles career is obviously turn him. I mean, not necessarily turn him against his partner, but they're, but, they got yeah. the built-in storyline right there with you know, former friends, blah, 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 you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. So after that match, night one, we have Lance Archer against John Moxley in a Texas death match for the IWGP United States Championship. This is a cool thing because this signals, at least in my mind, uh, and of course, you know, uh, Jericho working on the, on the Wrestle Kingdom show too, this signals that AEW is still open to um, a working relationship with New Japan. That's great for AEW and New Japan. It's not super great for Ring of Honor. Um, no. <laughs> that Ring of Honor continues to die the death of a thousand cuts. But um, this, and this, just on the match itself, this is going to be a glorious, ugly disaster. Because uh, John Moxley is a great worker, maybe the most over guy in wrestling right now. And, and Lance Archer isn't (laughs) he's big and he's sloppy and he's and he's he likes to wrestle that big dumb ugly style and moxley is like he's become a technician in the big dumb ugly style so this one's going to be a car crash in the best way possible but 
I still think I think Lance Archer goes over because it's a it's a title match. Yeah. So the interesting thing with this match, and I don't know if you guys have looked into it, but it's it's by you can't win by pinfall. Yeah, it's because it's a Texas death match. It has to be submission or knockout. Yeah, and so that that's what's interesting to me is like how how are they going to plan that finish? You know what I mean? Because yep. um, I don't think you know. Obviously, Moxley's not going to tap out, so no. you're going to have to knock that fucker out to yep. to <laughs> beat him. And he can, and you know what? They the way they can do it is they can make him look like Rocky. You know what I mean? My God, what will it take? He's been power bombed off the top of the Tokyo Dome into you know, a box of thumbtacks and monster trucks. And he's still going, you know what I mean? They, <laughs> he, in defeat, yeah. he can look like Superman. And that's, I'm, I'm sure what they're planning on doing. Cause they, he doesn't want to go back to AEW looking like a chump. No. Yeah. And, and I'm sure AEW doesn't want him. Yeah. You yeah. Know. There, there's no way Cody was going to, was going to be okay with loaning him out. If that was going to be the case. Right. Yep. But I, but it, it's going to be fun. It won't be a technical you know, if you want technical, the next match will take care of you. This one's just going to be a big, dumb, ugly headbutt fight. <laughs> and I can't wait. Yeah, it should be good. Um, will Ospreay against Hiromu Takahashi oh, for man. the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. This one has <coughs> Takahashi written all over it. Uh, I think he wins this one because of the comeback. You know, he, he came back from uh, a broken neck. He came and he and Osprey have already torn the house down together a million times. So they know each other. And Osprey is another one of those guys. New Japan wants to make him a heavyweight and they want to make him a, keep him a single. So he's got to drop this strap. And Takahashi can totally carry that division on his back as long as he's healthy. Osprey, in my opinion, right now, Osprey might be the best wrestler in the world. Um, he's, I mean, as far as, as just pure technical ring work. Okada is the total package. Okada is like the gold standard. Yeah, so I think... I, just I, pure technical in-ring work. My God, Osprey's just been incredible. Yeah, I think Okada is, is better at the... When there's a story there. Yeah. And then the you have that stuff. big blow-off match. Yep. But... Um, you know, to to your point, and I've said it all year since before the G one. Like Will Osprey, just this has been his year. Yeah. Like, doesn't matter who he's gone against; those matches have just been, you know, get you off your seat. Yeah. Seth Rollins needs to shut his mouth because he's picking up. He, he's he's been in a, in a sweet fight with a guy that would clean his flock. Yeah. 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 Well, no, and, and I I thought they would pull the trigger on Osprey moving up quicker because. He um he was on fire earlier in the year. Now imagine imagine where we could be next year. Imagine an intercontinental match between uh, Will Osprey and uh, who were we just talking about? Getting the uh, getting the Sonata and Sonata. Imagine a program <clears throat> to bur slow burning for a year. I mean, we're it's it's New Japan creating that evolution. They're they're putting complete pieces in place to launch 2020 with some new faces in that top echelon, I think. Yeah. That, that oh, yeah Cody, you got something? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, I was just really surprised going back to even like the G1, like Osprey was my pick to walk through that. And I was, I want, I guess you could call it disappointed that I was, that I was wrong because I really thought that this, I really thought a good G1 burning through everybody getting through and then building towards Wrestle Kingdom. I thought that's where they were going this year. Well, so. you know, the great thing about the G1 though, is you know, even if you stay in just the middle of the pack, you know, if like the winner of the tournament comes out with 12 points and you've only got like, you know, six or eight points, even in defeat against some of those bigger names, you can look really good. And, and even sure. the matches that Osprey lost, you know, and he remember he was coming in as a junior. They made a big deal about how he was a junior wanting right. to heavyweight tournament, and he still did well. So he, I mean, he he got a push whether he won or not. Very yeah, true. well, that match that he had with Archer, uh -huh. I think, kind of put Archer over because it really did. He was more of a tag team guy, 
yep. kind of forgotten. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, this this dude's a fucking monster. Yep. He just yep. went through Osprey. Yeah, they made him into they made him into Bruiser Brody. Yeah. But the Japanese love that. They love to have a big American heel. That's that, I mean they they're built on that. That their 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 style of pro wrestling and their storytelling is built on having that big monster gaijin heel. All right. So now we're going to go into I'm just going to say both of them because they're going to be yep. intertwined. But Yeah, and this is and this is a complicated there's a lot here. Yeah. So the first match of the semi-main event will be Jay White against Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. And the final match will be Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And then the next night, the winners of both of those matches will face off in the main event, and the losers of those matches will face off. It, there's so much here. Um, and I was thinking about this yesterday because I knew we were going to talk about this today. It seems to me that if they're going to pull the trigger on on Tetsuya Naito being that being right there as as you know one of the top three guys, now's the time to do it. But do they have to do it because they've got Kota Ibushi now? You know what I mean? Yeah, and- it's got to be one of those two though. It has to be one of those two. It can't be Jay White. Jay White has his, had his chance. And don't get me wrong, Jay White is an exquisitely good pro wrestler. He's so good, so young. He's got potential to be... I mean, he, he could be a WrestleMania main event next year and be believable. He's that good. Um, but, I mean, they, but he's already had his shot. So Naito... He, you know, they tried pulling the trigger on him years ago as an IWGP champion. It didn't work because they pushed him wrong and, and they've admitted it. Uh, but it makes total sense now. You listen to the top come off the Tokyo Dome when he makes his entrance. He's so incredibly over. Uh, but I go back to my butt again. Kota Ibushi. He's, you know, he's like the second coming of a, of a young Tanahashi. He's good looking. He's ripped. He's amazing in the ring. He's got he's got you know that that pedigree. He's been all over the damn planet to wrestle, and then at the top of all of it, you've got the best pro wrestler in the entire world, Kazuchika Okada. So really, not only do they have to decide who's going to main event the second night of the biggest show they've ever thrown, but they have to decide who's going to be the guy going into 2020 that they set everything up underneath. Do you do you do you have enough talent between Naito and Ibushi? To put Okada on a back burner. I don't know. Yeah, and then the interesting thing is, like, where do they go going forward? Because now you got a dude that's got the two titles. Right. Which I could be wrong, but has this ever been done before? Not in uh, not in New Japan. They've they've always uh, they've always you know if, if you win one, you drop the other. In this case, they're setting it up so that they're going there's going to be a double crown. And and I mean there's there's some of the like like all Japan's top title is a title that was originally three the triple crown used to be three separate titles that all became one thing so maybe new japan's leaning that way i think they've just used it as a gimmick to justify having two nights yeah so i think the titles would stay together for a little bit and then you know they'll something will happen and it'll be a schmoz or they'll do a you know he'll drop one because it's too much or new japan will order it split so they can have a tournament or whatever but for now, I think we come out of this. I think we go into 2020 with an absolute double champion. So who walks out of the first match? Okay. It's, it's got to be. Can we all three make predictions? So if I'm wrong, I'm not wrong alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> then, okay. Then I'm going to look at that at the, the Intercontinental Champion for night one, Jay White versus Tetsuya Naito. I've got to, I'm going to say, damn it. I'm going to say Naito. Okay. Just because he has to be in the main. I think Naito. I think Naito wins it as well. Because it's either him or Jay White going into the main event, and I just think Tetsunayato on that second night makes more sense on the very top of the card. Agreed. Did we get Naito around the around the? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm with Naito on that okay. one. And then the next match. This is the toughie, man. Um, God, they get they got Kota set up to be the guy. Um, 
Okay, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Kota Ibushi. So you think our main event for night two will be Ibushi against Naito? Uh-huh. With Okada. But see, now there's the kicker. Do you have a Tokyo Dome show? Do you have a show in the Tokyo Dome where the Rainmaker isn't the top of the card? That's huge. Yeah. I'm, I think Okada's going to win. <clears throat> okay. I, I, I would like it. Like, if this was a, a regular just one-night event and it was Okada against Ibushi, I think Ibushi walks out with the title. But the way they've set it up, yeah. I think it's almost got to be Okada against Naito and where they've had those matches and Naito's always kind of fallen short and he's uh-huh. always been second best. My prediction for night two is Naito walks out with, with both titles. And you could very well be right. I mean, it's <clears throat> like now's the time to do it. And if anybody's going to put over Naito uh, to be the man, it has to Gotta, be Okada. It has to be Okada. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to stick to mine just because somebody has to be wrong and it'll probably be me. No, I mean, like, there's so many, like, now talking about it, there's so much they could do with it. Uh-huh. And so what happened? No what matter with what, the losers. Got, they'll have a champion with at least two hot contenders waiting on him. A rematch and the match that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that's what I was saying. Is there a stipulation for the losers? Like, do they get anything? No. Just, I'm not sure they'll build in a title shot for, for one of them somewhere, maybe out of that second match. Like out of the out of the losers match on the second night. Yeah. So the bad thing about these four is... One of them's going to lose both nights. Yeah, and I and if I if I I think Jay White loses both nights. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think it hurts him. Jay White survives. I don't think I don't think he he's still Jay White. He's still the top guy Jin in the company. Yeah, and I think the way they built him with the Bullet Club is kind of like the losses don't affect him as much because they'll still come out and wreak havoc, and you know what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess he, I, he can rebound, you know, a great showing in next year's G1. Yeah. Walk through. Yeah. And he's right back in the title picture. He's yeah. in that, that mid card of that new Japan right exactly. there. So Jay White, Jay White fits really well in that, that blender of, and, and think about it. If they're going into 2020 with Jay White in that position, you already have matches waiting for him with Osprey and you have matches waiting for him with Sonata. He can be that gatekeeper to the main event, and then when it's time to to bump him up, they just swap him out for somebody else to be gatekeeper. God, there's so much going to happen. <laughs> it's like the more we talk about it, the more it's like, man, I got to get up at 3 in the morning and watch this. You got to, man. It's, <laughs> look, that's the thing. There's there, Look, these are huge shows. And like we said, there's the big throwaway tag matches, and they're just trying to get everybody dome time, and I think that's bitching. But, you know, as much of a super fan as I am, I can't watch all of those mixed tags. You know, that's eventually it's just too much. But you can't miss the main events. You can't miss the high-end New Japan stuff because it's simply the best matches of the year. That I feel so bad for the guys that have to pick, like, match of the year, you know, when they look at the – because New Japan sets the bar so high the fourth day of the year. You know what I mean? You have yeah. to – like like Omega and Okada a couple years ago. No one was going to top that, and everybody knew it. Yep. Yeah, nobody did. <laughs> no, and nobody did, exactly, exactly. So now that we got kind of night one out of the way, we go into night two, and there's some good matches on there too, but so much is riding on that first night Yeah. that, you know, there's some that are scheduled already, I guess, that we talked about. Yushin Thunder Liger's last match. Um, there won't be a dry eye in the house. They'll do something so cool. Yeah. There'll be a video package, or he'll leave his boots in the ring. It'll be this'll be a big deal. And I, you know what? I'll admit it. I'll even I will probably even get a little misty because he was such a part of my of my you know my wrestling fandom for so many years. It'll be awesome. It'll be a great um, emotional setup. And then they'll right after that they're going to go into you know, sort of the future of, of junior tag wrestling with that tag match. Yeah, with Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo against Rapongi 3K for yeah. the oh. IWGP that, junior heavyweight. It'll look like a video game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that Fantasmo guy, to me, because I wasn't familiar with him, but this yep. year he just kind of came out of nowhere for me. 
Yeah, and he's and he's a big name on the on the I think the British uh, wrestling scene. I think he came out of um, uh, uh, it might have been Progress. I'm not sure. I'd have to do more homework. He kind of did me too. Um, I knew that he came out of the out of the British indie scene and just exploded when he hit New Japan. Yeah, and well, I mean, and and well deserving. The guy is ridiculously fun to watch. I would I would bet this one they leave the belts on uh, Bullet Club. I think so too, especially if you know everybody else is going to take a loss. Exactly. Yeah, Bullet Club has to. They've got to have as as many non important wins as they can, or they come out looking like bitches. Yep. Yeah. Um, Zack Saber Jr. against Sonata for the Sonata British Heavyweight Championship. I, I, Zach is a fun <clears throat> deal, but it's time for Sonata to get uh, a big singles win and a big singles title win, I think. It would be cool to see him not only win the strap at the Tokyo Dome, which you know is a great visual for a guy they want to push, but then to have him go and get a little bit of that, you know, maybe have him go over to the UK and defend a couple of times because New Japan is trying to expand into a worldwide company, and Sonata's got the look, and he's got the talent, and the, uh, you know, just the, the overall packaging to be that guy that they help market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to have, they're definitely going to have to build him again, because I thought they had him up there with his matches with Okada, and then he kind of just dropped back down, they didn't do much with him. Yeah, and, and Zach, Zach's been such a bitch. I mean, he's, he's such a great heel. You can't not hate him when he loses a match and then comes back and whines about it. So, and being the skinny guy that ties people in knots and gets away with it, everybody wants to see him get his ass kicked. And I think everybody wants to see Sonata get a big win. So I'm crossing my fingers and hoping. And then after that, we have the winner of the Lance Archer-John Moxley match against Juice Robinson for the IWGP United States Championship. And I think that's going to be Juice, and I think it's going to be him against, uh, or it will be Juice versus um, uh, Lance Archer, and I think Archer wins. Just because Juice doesn't need the, the U.S. title again. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That's that's rough one for me because so much depends, I think, on the night before. I think if they walk out tag champs, mm-hmm. he definitely loses. Okay. But if they don't, then, then they, yeah, agree. I could see him win it. I could that that there there's there's some logic there for sure. I just think overall leaving the belt on Archer for a minute doesn't hurt until no. they. I mean, he's a placeholder. He's he's you know, look, he's fun, but you know, he's not crazy good on the stick. He's not crazy good in the ring. He's just really big. And so you can all, here's you can the other thing though. So long. So what happens with the guy that doesn't win? So do you think they're going to have John Moxley and then just have him? not show up that second night no 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 archer wins the first night so that archer goes into this second night and archer also beats juice i think archer wins two matches during wrestle kingdom i know but if they do that then moxley doesn't show up the second night well yeah and i bet i moxley probably unless he shows up to back up to, to go after um like if he shows up to pick a fight with jericho which they yeah. can very much do well, they're selling that for next next week on AEW, mm-hmm. or actually this week. It'll be before before this. If yeah, I could see that because it's going to be if he accepts to be in the inner circle for AEW. Exactly. If he probably won't, they could expand right. on that program. Yep, that makes and, sense. And, then, and that could have been part of the deal. Well, we'll let you take these guys over there if you let them have a spot where they tear each other to pieces in the, you know, fighting through the crowd or something. And then that footage can show up on AEW TV, yada, 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 yada. So here's a wild, wild idea. What's Minoru Suzuki doing night two? Is he in anything? Um, he might be in a tag match. Um, let's see. He's not, no, in- I don't, I don't see him what? anywhere. So. Yeah, I don't see him. Fan- fantasy booking here so obviously we still have archer going over night one over moxley right but moxley shows up night two and says he's not done fighting in japan and he wants another fight with somebody big Ooh, and then he and And, uh, beat each other yeah yeah so you get two nights of moxley just absolutely destroying people in a way coming back over i mean yeah he doesn't win anything but you get great like, yeah, yeah, you get those. 
Can you imagine, though, being told, hey, we're going to put you in the ring with Minoru Suzuki. Don't worry. He knows you're going over, but he's pissed off about it. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you, Is that something you want? Especially no. Moxley, if Moxley goes in and wants to play rough, which he does, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in a way, he kind of already went face-to-face with Suzuki when he showed up and attacked Archer that first night. Agreed. So yeah, that makes sense. That could that could be a lot of fun, actually. Or at least build to something like later on, like you know, he comes out and attacks Suzuki and Suzuki after the tag match or whatever, and then now you got a Suzuki versus Moxley match at whatever pay per views next or Dominion's next, isn't it? Um, the Dominion's in June. I think it's. uh, I think it might be King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, something like that, or you know, I mean. Jericho built his stuff for over a year with Naito. Well, and now that we know that, now that we know that they, there seems to be at least some comfort level with both companies working together, I can see something. I would love to see it happen. Uh, I, I'm never, ever going to say no if I get a chance to watch Minoru Suzuki beat somebody up. Yeah. Agreed. Because he's the, scariest, <laughs> he's the scariest man in the entire world. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So moving on with night two, we have Kenta versus Heroku Goto for the Never Openweight Championship. The curse of the Never ch- Championship. It's like the mid-card title that if you win it, you get stuck winning it. Like, the, I, I, I would love to see Kenta hold on to it so Goto can do something else. Or, um, you know, or if Kenta loses it, he must immediately move away from it and never compete for it again. I... I love the fact that there's that mid-card title. I really do. But it seems like guys get stuck with it because New Japan doesn't know what to do with them, so they just put them in a program with it. I mean, uh, uh, Ishimori has been stuck with it for... Uh, excuse me, Ishii has been stuck with it forever. Uh, Goto's been stuck fighting for it forever. Those guys have been trading it off now for three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now they also have the U.S. championship, too. Right. Like It's almost like there's... I understand why there's, but you know, maybe you should just have your three big titles yep. for your heavyweights, and maybe have two for your juniors or something like that. You know. With that said, this match Kenta has been a gloriously dickish heel. With the promo work leading up to this, you can see that some of the WWE rubbed off on him because he knows how to cut, you know, like a like a funny, mocking, shitty promo, and he's just infuriated Goto. Because Goto kind of comes across as this, you know, sort of samurai-like, uh, you know, solid, silent warrior, and Kenta's being sort of an Americanized dick. So, and they both love to work stiff. So this one has tons of potential to be just brutal as hell. I, as far as a winner goes, man, I hate to say it, but it's the never open weight title. I I don't know, and I don't know that I care. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> as long as they beat the hell out of each other, I'm okay with it. So, you know, we haven't touched on it much, but um, I was very nervous when Kenta came over. Like, I was excited, Mm -hmm. but I was like, man, he was injured all the time in WWE. Yeah. Like, these dudes are going to, you know, hit him hard. Like, every time he took a stiff shot, I was kind of like, oh. But he's held his own. I I really like like what, what he's done. It makes me wonder, you know, I it's part of it is that WWE style. I mean, those guys work 300 nights a year, whereas in New Japan, you'll work a three or four week tour and then have three weeks off. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. And he came up in the I mean, Kent is one of the last guys to come out of the Baba Dojo in in all Japan. So it's not like he doesn't know how to work. You know, when he was coming in, as he started, the guys he was working against were, you know, Jun Akiyama and Toshiaki Kawada and Mitsuharu Misawa, he's known how to work that physical style forever. Now he's back in Japan and he's not getting hurt, so there's got to be something to be said for that. Yeah. But it'll be a fun match regardless. Uh, I was just watching a Goto match yesterday, and I forget how good he is. He's, in in any other company, he'd be, you know, on the very top of the mountain, but, you know, when you're in a company where Okada and, and Tanahashi and, you know, you know, Naito are on top, it's going to be awful hard to crack that seal. Well, there's so much talent. And I think a lot of it goes to with uh, Okada and like Naito, like they have that charisma. Absolutely. Ibushi who's there, he's got that kind of that underdog 
kind of that that people can gravitate to. Yeah, and, yeah. and Goto's good. Like it, his matches are good, but I I just don't know if the Japanese crowd probably connects with him. But okay. some of us, it's kind of just yeah, not that was a good match. But world. yeah, yeah, agreed. <clears throat> All right, now we have. I think this. So I'm excited for it, just for the implications. Right. I don't think it's going to be one of those matches that's, you know, four or five stars or match of the night. Right. But you got Hiroshi Tanahashi against Chris Jericho. Man, this one's fun just because um, it's watching two old guys that have continually been there, you know, and especially Jericho, who just continues to he reinvents his career. <clears throat> he goes from, you know, the best friends club and wearing a scarf to being, you know, to letting himself get fat. And becoming now I'm the now I'm the fat long haired heel. You know what? I, and it still works. Jericho is so good, it still works. And Tanahashi has been good forever, but his injuries are you can see how much he's slowing down. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't look his age. No, he doesn't, but he, but the sad thing is he moves twice his age. Yeah. Tanahashi, you can it's his, his elbow, he's got a bad knee. Um, you know, doing frog splashes for 30 years will do that to you, I think. Or twenty years ago, <laughs> because so, you know, I mean, think about think about the guys that do frog splashes and do moon salts. Think about the injuries they all end. It's like moon salts and flying headbutts will absolutely ruin your career. You'll end up with a bad neck from the headbutt. It'll always screw up your neck. Dynamite Kid, Harley Race, Chris Benoit, all three examples of horrible neck is- issues with it. And then moon salts, um, Kijimuto, you know the great Muda. And Kenji Kobashi both had to have complete knee replacements. And I know Kobashi had an elbow replacement too because of moonsaults. So I'm just saying, you can't jump off, you, you can't jump eight feet and land on the floor for 20 years and not break something. Yeah. True. Yeah. So I thought Jericho was going over without any doubt against Tanahashi because he is the AEW champion. Right. Now that they've kind of muddied the waters a little bit because they're not working together technically, but there's they've both companies, I guess, have agreed that if Tanahashi wins, there's a future title shot against Chris Jericho. Right. And that's a match they can do in Japan, <clears throat> which is a great move for AEW to make sure that their title is, you know, people are watching the product or following the product from Japan is a great thing. I can see this one being ending in a DQ or something, uh, ending in you know some sort of a, of a, a brawl. They brawl outside and they get counted out or whatever. Jericho kind of likes to work in that direction, but I you know once again I think it would be great business if they if AEW had their champion lose clean as a sheet to Tanahashi. I don't think they will, but I think it's a great thought if they did. So here's my thing right now, like if. If it was, you know, January, February 2019, mm-hmm. I thought New Japan needed this AEW um, more than AEW needed New Japan because they took Kenny Omega. Right. Who was, who was just hot. Yeah, so hot. Hottest guy in the planet. And looking at it now, I feel like AEW needs New Japan. <laughs> I think they do. I think you're right. New Japan has streaming TV. They're invading the West Coast. They're doing now. They're doing some East Coast shows. Um, New Japan is, you know, they just bought Stardom. They bought a women's promotion, so you'll end up seeing some of those matches happen on New Japan shows and probably in American New Japan shows. Yeah, AEW. They've got more money, but New Japan has a better um, worldwide reach right now for sure. They have better wrestlers. They have better wrestlers, and they have they have better matches, and they have better storytelling. Yeah, for sure. I- I think um, they've they've rebounded very well. You know, it was kind of the one who hasn't rebounded is ROH, but oh, yeah. New Japan has. It's kind of like you know, going back to to a CM Punk reference. Like it's just a spoke on a wheel. They just plug someone else in and they go. That's it. That's it. And, That's it. Agreed. <clears throat> yep. And so, so then, then the main event. The main so event. Question is who comes out at the end of all of it with all of the gold? And I uh, gotta say, I gotta say, it's gotta be look, if it's not Okada, it has to be Naito. Yeah. 
So my main event is is Naito against Okada, and yours is Ibushi against Naito, right? Yep. So yeah, if I think Naito, they have to pull the trigger on him now because to your point, even when they've dropped him down in the car and he lost the titles and then he gains it back, he's always been hot. And if he has a good match the night before and he comes into this, and it's kind of like I said, a redemption story. Uh-huh. It's got to be now because if he loses again, whether it gets, it's against Ibushi or Okada, it really does take some of his credibility away because it's like, Agreed. when is he going to win that? Yeah, it starts yeah. To, the story just starts to become, okay, well, he'll never be any more than the Intercontinental Champion. And, yes. and I just don't think, I, I don't think they've built him this long and this patiently to have that happen. Yep. So there we go. That's yeah. that's Wrestle Kingdom. That's Japanese WrestleMania, the biggest show of the Japanese wrestling year. Yeah, I think that's the only way you could end night two with the Tokyo Dome blowing the roof off is have Naito win because you will literally have people crying in the front row because he's finally overcame Okada. He's finally won the big one. Yep. I mean, yeah, you have to do it that way. I mean, Ibushi'd yeah, be a great story because he's such a homegrown guy and. Everybody loves him, but but they got so much time with Ibushi. Yeah, exactly. they do. Like they could, they could have him run through the G one again and be like, "All right, this is what I learned from last year." And that's you the know, like, thing. If you look at Ibushi, if you look at Jay White, if you look at uh, Okada, and you look at Naito, these guys are all still in pro wrestling years, still relatively young. There's so much they can do with all of these guys, but they, you're right. I think we all agree that it has to be Naito. It has to be now. Yep. Okay. Man. Look so that. for those of you who don't have New Japan World, Sorry. I'm going to go ahead and give you uh, <laughs> Cody's username. I, well, it's, uh, I'm just fucking with <laughs> you. But, but seriously, I, if you guys sat through this and you're like, who are these guys? This is the best pro wrestling on the planet right now. It really is. There, and you could watch it without the stories, and it would still be enjoyable. But if you follow it, and you got to go way back, because these guys, the way they build it is not from, like, one month to the next. It's from, like, one year to the next. Yeah. In some cases, this story, Naito's story, is almost a 10-year cycle now. I mean, his the story of... He was the hot young guy. Then he made it. Then it, he was a failure, and he went on his on his ex. You know, he went to Mexico. He came back. Now he's you know he's he's uh, you know he started Los Ingobernables. He doesn't care. He wears his baseball. You know what I mean? Just this this whole transformation of this character has been a decade in the in the making, and now you know that's why we're all saying it has to happen now because the storytelling is so deep. Yeah. But you're right about it being the best wrestling in the world. As far as just pure matches, there's nothing on the planet that tops New Japan's main event scene right now. Nothing's even close. Mm-hmm. So we are planning on meeting next week. So we've kind of laid out our predictions, what we think is going to happen. And I'm excited to see how wrong we all are. Me too. Because <laughs> you, you think you know something, or you, especially with New Japan, like, there's been times where I thought they could have pulled the trigger or like when they pulled the title off of Jay White, I thought that was real early. Right. But it made, you know, now it makes sense. And yeah, that's Gato is their booker. And I think he's a genius. Uh, and I, whenever I think I'm brilliant, he points out exactly how wrong I was. And then he books, you know, these, these brilliant shows, and these brilliant tournaments. Yeah. So I'm Bro. very excited about. It. Are we gonna Are we gonna get together on the other side of the show and talk about it? Yeah, I'm down. Cool, I am too. Okay, so right. next week when you guys listen to this, if if you listen to this, the following week it's gonna be our follow up show, and it's gonna be kind of what went down and what we think this means for the future of New Japan and us giving each other shit because we were all wrong. <laughs> Jay White goes and wins it all, and <laughs> Okada is the <laughs> loser of both matches. Well, I'll make sure to send out the picture of me wearing my Switchblade shirt next week, then, so I look like I was the only one that was right. <laughs> okay, well, we have we've recorded, we have the proof that you're not. Just throwing that. <laughs> <out there. laughs> that shit. 
All right. So uh, thanks, uh, Dr. Nick Redbone, for joining us and, and schooling us in New Japan. Um, you want to tell everyone how they can get a hold of you or reach sure. you? I know you're just you just recently came back on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. On uh, Twitter, I'm a 208, 208 wrestling guy. Um, on Instagram, it's dr underscore nick underscore redbone, and on uh, Facebook and YouTube, just look up Doctor Nick Redbone, and there I am. And uh, the more, the merrier. So there you have it. So tune in to to Wrestle Kingdom. Um, tune in next week as we go over what transpired and tell you what matches you definitely need to go back and check out. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you, man. Sure appreciate it. Thanks. Welcome, everybody, to the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. I am Leo, along with Cody, and this is our first episode of 2020. So, Happy New Year to everyone. If you're listening, yep. thank you for coming back. Um, should be an exciting year. We got some exciting things planned. Our first episode today is uh, featuring Dr. Nick Redbone, and we will be talking all things New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 14. Cody, you got anything to add? Uh, yeah, just excited about this this episode with Dr. Nick. I'm glad he got to come back on with us, and hopefully on the latter part, he gets to come back on again. So, Yeah, so we're planning on a recap for next week with him as well. So we're this this week we're talking kind of a preview and predictions and what we think's gonna happen and then next week we'll actually talk about what actually happened. Um so that's the plan. Then after that we'll kinda of play it by ear. Um so so far, Cody, you don't sound like shit for our listeners. This is like our third time trying to record this intro. So that's good. Sounds okay so far. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Other than that, I mean, uh, it's 2020 now. You got any any big plans for 2020 wrestling-wise or anything you want to share with the listeners? Um, so, going to be hitting a devotion show here at the end of January. Uh, at least that's still the plan. Um, and then working out the logistics and everything for double or nothing too. hopefully Memorial day weekend again for AEW. And then I don't probably another devotion show here, or there and uh, just reaching out to a few more people and trying to make 2020 a bigger year and get some more social media followers and, I don't want to name too many names, but uh, I know we've got some big ones that we want to get. So we'll just leave everybody in suspense, hopefully, and hopefully we deliver on some. Yeah, you're actually going to talk on some of these? I'm going to try. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, do so, you do a pretty good job. So, like, so a lot just, of the times just so I everyone just knows, like, yeah, yeah. Um, for those that have listened to us interview people, uh, I feel bad at times because Cody doesn't say a lot and we talk afterwards like, dude, like, dude, you know, cause I feel bad about it, but he, he seems like he's fine with it. So I'm, I'm good with it. You, you seem to like have the better hosting skills. So, I mean, I'll, well, I am, a, if... I am a better podcaster. I did win last, last show of 2019. So yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> bogus game whatever <laughs> so in other news um i will be at a future stars of wrestling at a uh, a show out of vegas on the fourth so stay tuned to our pages for more info there um follow dr nick redbone on all social media uh for those of you here in in southern idaho or you can even get the app on, on like Google Play and the App Store now. You can listen to him um, in the mornings. He's got a show uh, on one hundred three one The Edge. So listen to him. He's, he's a pretty entertaining guy. 
outside of wrestling as well. So yeah, um, props to you, him and YouTube channel, which he drops all that stuff in the actual interview. But yeah, yeah he's it's pretty comical. It's been it's been really cool to get to know him over this process. I mean, obviously we've known of him for a lot of years, even back when he did his own wrestling podcast. And, uh, but we've, uh, we've been able to not only just through the podcast, but through messaging and all, all sorts of other things, we've been able to stay in contact with him. And he's been more than, more than generous to us, um, just by plugging us and all that kind of stuff. We've been pretty lucky with the people we've kind of collaborated with. Yeah, we have. Everybody's been real cool. So. Through Brennan and Kevin with the Brennan and Kevin show. Uh, the guys down at Devotion with Manny and Andrew and Rekka. And uh, all the boys down in Vegas, Wes Logan and all those guys. So I want to say thanks to them because they've helped us grow for sure. Yeah. So by the time you guys listen to this, we should be at about a thousand followers on Instagram. We've been we've been pushing, which is a pretty big fucking deal. Cause like when we went to like double or nothing in May, we were like at twenty six followers, mm-hmm. and like two of them were one of them was myself and the other one was Cody. So like, yeah, um, it's it's been fun. Uh, we'll yeah. see what twenty twenty has in store for us. Um, and yeah, thanks. Thanks for sticking around. Hope you enjoy this show and stay tuned for what's to come.